Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. I am Dave Gasper, joined by Matt Carroll. You know us by now. We are the editors at ReviewingTheBrew.com, and we have had one hell of a week, as I'm sure all of you have. Uh, it has been quite a few days. Uh, we got we got some good news. We got some bad news. Let's start, Matt, with the good news. The good news is William Contreras won a silver slugger. Woohoo! The first catcher in Brewers history to win a silver slugger. So congratulations to him. Good job. That good. concludes the good news portion of the podcast. Yep. It's uh it's all downhill from here. So as uh, everyone is aware and probably has has been waiting on and there've been ever, you know, a whole bunch of podcasts um since this news and we thank you for listening to ours craig council is now a cub and that i vomited in my mouth a little bit as i have for each of the past few days talking about this and it the the shock still has not worn off i think for for most of us there have been a lot of emotions matt uh that brewers fans have been feeling and trying to digest and process and it's all still kind of raw i I think to everybody because you know with all the talk about council's contract status and and potentially looking elsewhere the thought was never that he could ever possibly go to the chicago cubs and not only did he do it but he dug in the knife and twisted it uh, on his way out the door. And it, it just feels so dejected on in Brewers fandom right now. It, it is, it is dejection and hurt and anger and frankly, Matt betrayal. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> lots and lots and lots of, adjectives I have seen on social media and thought in my own head (laughs) to describe what Craig Council just did to Brewers fans. And again, like we, I think for the most part, Brewers fans were supportive of what he was doing, going out, testing the waters, potentially coming back with uh, a handful of offers and saying, hey, Brewers, Can you match these? Even if the Brewers didn't, I think some more Brewers fans would have been pissed off. But still, a good portion, probably a majority of them would have been like, you know what? That's understandable. He deserves to be paid. The Brewers weren't willing to pay him, so he went somewhere to get paid. I get it. It sucks. Um, At that point, I think most Brewers fans were just hoping after the weeks and weeks of speculation that he just wouldn't go to the Mets because at the very least, if he went to Cleveland, if he went to uh, San Diego, if he went to Houston, any of those other places with job openings, at least it wasn't the Mets and that Brewers fans could, you know, be like, ah, all right, middle finger towards you guys. At least you guys didn't screw us over. I think all of those scenarios, even if, Craig Council hadn't come back, Brewers fans would have been, most Brewers fans would have been able to live with. But then he goes not only to a place that doesn't even have a managerial opening, but then we find out it's the freaking 
Cubs. Just the absolute possible worst case scenario for Brewers fans is your beloved manager, your hometown guy, born and bred and raised, whatever, Wisconsin, going to the damn Cubs. Just it nightmare scenario. That's there's no mm-hmm. that's why the betrayal, the feeling of betrayal is so strong because Craig Council, being from Wisconsin, he knows, he knows, and I get that it's a like being part of any legendary franchise is great for someone in the baseball world, fine, but like he knows just how much that stings for all of us. And and man does it freaking sting. Yeah, that's and that's the thing that really, I think, got to everybody. He knew what this would do mm-hmm. to Milwaukee. He knew what this would do to the Brewers. And he did it anyway. It's not even the money. I've seen so many people just try to be like, oh, well, you know, if you were offered an extra $2.5 million a year, you would take it too. You know, if you were offered whatever money to to be with the rifle, rival, you'd take it too. That's completely missing the point and completely missing the context of the of the situation and why everyone's upset it it's not that he took the money it's not that he took the best offer on the table it's that he took the job for the rival mm-hmm. and he did it without giving the brewers a chance to match um that that has come out as well didn't even give them the opportunity he yeah. just took the offer as soon as they gave it to him and he called it his dream job. He called managing the Cubs his dream job. Or at the very least, that, that's what his friend told the Cubs or something like that. The, the mm. council has always said that was his dream job. It may be a little bit of hearsay, but basically, the, I mean, that quote's been attributed to him. Calling the Cubs his dream job. And that just just pours more salt in mm. the wound. Um, and really, the, this all just feels like one giant middle finger to the Brewers, one giant FU to to Milwaukee and the Brewers. And that may not be Council's intention, but that's what it is. That That's how it comes across. That's how everyone's feeling. It's, it's an FU. It, it's a middle finger. And he knew that that's what it would be. He knew the Cubs would be the biggest FU possible to the Brewers. And he did it anyways. One of our own, Matt. Mm-hmm. And as you said, born and raised a Brewer. When he got hired, they put out the video, Born a Brewer, that council narrated about mm-hmm. how the city and the team are in, are in, interconnected and, and ingrained in each other. And how how they're one in the new logo in, in the ball and glove logo, the they connected the M and the B to emphasize the connection between the city and the team. Like, like they pointed that out, that that may just be some marketing person being like, yeah, that's why we did it. But yeah. still, they've played that up. They, they've played up the connection between the team and the city. And council was the major part of that because. He was every kid's dream around here, growing up in Whitefish Bay, playing in the major leagues, 
playing for the Brewers and then managing the Brewers. It, it was it was every kid's dream around here and trying to get the Brewers to the World Series, not being able to do it, and then just bolting to the rival and saying, oh, I just want a new challenge. A new challenge? Well, the challenge you're facing now is your entire hometown hates you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just imagine if it theoretically, not saying any of these scenarios would have would have actually happened, but imagine if Aaron Rodgers and free agency had signed with the Bears, if yeah. Giannis had, you know, for all the talk about being loyal and everything like that, you know, forced himself a trade to the Celtics or the Heat or something like that. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Heat because they're... God, they're the most they're hated right now. Yeah. So obnoxious. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it's, is council maybe quite on those levels? I, no, probably not. But it's the, it's the same concept, just going somewhere to a team that you just have learned to hate over the years. And, yeah, like we said, like knowing, not that that should have, per, like, not that, Craig Council doesn't have every right to work, you know, for any team in the majors. Of course he mm-hmm. does. Of course he does. And the Cubs were willing to pay him the money to go be the manager there. So, yes, he has every right to do it. But it's just it, it's more it's less about that. It's more talking about, like, why does this hurt so much for Brewers fans? And that's that's exactly it to have. Everything that you talked about, about about how they played up so much of him being the Wisconsin guy, and not only just the Wisconsin guy, but he's Craig Council. He was a, you know, little scrappy player who, you know, hung on in the majors against all odds, um, you know, for years and years and years, became a veteran. Um, like, he was almost like, he himself was almost that embodiment of, you know, that like Midwestern kind of tough sort of attitude and what you get from a lot of the, like the blue collarness of, of, mm-hmm. you know, Milwaukee and other parts of Wisconsin and like all of that stuff, like Craig council kind of was like, you know, a version of that and made him easy to root for. It made the brewers even easier to root for. And then to just have that again, ripped away by the worst damn team in all of yeah pro sports and 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 you yeah. even mentioned it in the article that you wrote about it about how there's always going to be whether we want to admit it or not this like little brother aspect from Milwaukee mm-hmm. to Chicago or the Brewers to the Cubs or anything like that and it's 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 almost like it's like the big brother got away with it again yet again in yeah. getting Craig Cal- and and for the last 6 years we had finally won. We had finally beaten them. Mm-hmm. And Craig Council was a large part of that. And and he played a, a part in so many of the of those moments over the past couple of years. Game 163 and, and chasing them down in 2018 and the fake rain delay and, and him throwing jabs at the Cubs and, and all these other things that, that happened over the past few years. But the Brewers dominated that rivalry. For the past six years, for the first time in our lives, never before have the Brewers dominated their rival like that. Have they had so much success against them and finally felt like they were on equal footing or even better footing than them? 
And, you know, and, and because he was, he was us, man. He was one of us. He, like, like you said, he embodied the, the Midwestern values, the Midwestern work ethic, the blue collar attitude, everything. He was one of us. He grew up here. He, he's been part of this team, this, this community for so long. And in the end, he chose them. Mm-hmm. In the battle of us versus them, one of us chose them. Mm-hmm. He left. And and that's that's betrayal. You mm-hmm. you trusted him because he was one of your own. And he and he betrayed that trust. He didn't give them a chance to to counter. He he bolted to them. And it's it's such a below the belt shot, mm-hmm. knowing knowing that that's the team that that it was the whole time, not giving them the opportunity, and and that it would cause the most amount of pain. Yeah, and and then on top of the whole like big brother, little brother, whatever aspect between the Brewers and the Cubs, there's the whole small market versus big market aspect to this that Mm -hmm. we've always dealt with as Brewers fans, always being in that small market and having to listen to the bigger teams who have more resources, being able to sign who they want, hire who they want, always having to worry about, you know, not being able to... Players not being able to live out, you know, their career with the Brewers at some point, the, they'll become unaffordable and they're going to move on to some bigger team like the Yankees or the Mets or the Cubs or the yeah. Dodgers or any of those types of teams. We already are in that bit of a mindset as a fan base just with the players and the roster. And now it ends up happening. Heck, even before this, David Stearns. Yeah. But- and I it happened was, to the one guy we thought we could count right. on yep. to stay yep. when it when it came to all that to not have to worry about this being a stepping stone to a bigger job. Everyone else that that's come through for the most part, it's just been a job. It, it's just been a place that they are. This was just a job to Ron Renicky. This was just hey, I got a chance to be a manager in the big leagues, and he came here. He didn't care about Milwaukee. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like, okay, now I'm in the community. I'm going to try and hang around. But this was just a job to him. This was just a job to Ken Maka. Um, yeah. And it was a horrible job that he did with it. <laughs> um, but, like, like, this has just been a job for everyone else. For Craig Council, this was home. Yeah. And and when, and when, it, came, when it came to something like this, everyone thought this was going to be the one guy where it wouldn't matter the market size. It, it wouldn't matter what other teams came calling because this was the place he wanted to be. This was the destination job. This wasn't a stepping stone to somewhere bigger and better. This was the destination. Yeah. And in the end, it turned out to not be the case. It, it was just a stepping stone to somewhere, somewhere bigger. And it, it was to the last person you could stand to see him with. And that's, that's where the hurt, comes from because he does have the, those Midwestern values, you know, or, or at least we thought um, from growing up here. And one of those values is loyalty. Mm-hmm. It, it's something that, that we give, you know, somewhat freely 
expecting that when the time comes, it'll be repaid back, you know, ju- just operating in in good faith and and trusting them and, and being like, look, like we're, we're going to stand by your side no matter what. And when it comes down to you having to choose to, to stand by us, we expect that you'll do the same. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they don't and we get incredibly hurt by it around here. Um, and when they and when they do stay, they are beloved forever. Mm-hmm. Robin Yount is beloved forever, not only because he's a Hall of Famer, but because he chose to stay. Mm-hmm. Like we see Robin Yount more and and hear so much more about him than Paul Molitor, even though Paul Molitor was also a Hall of Famer in the same era. But Paul Molitor left. Now, mm-hmm. granted, the older Brewers fans um, who were um there you know during that time and lived through that whole experience you know they, they'll they have their own stories about it. i wasn't alive at the time um yeah. about how that whole thing went down there was a whole bunch of a whole bunch of stuff going on there but but Yount chose to stay and he's revered forever here ryan braun chose to stay mm-hmm. he he's he's one of us and, and he chose to stay no matter what he did with the PEDs, with the lying, with whatever else, Brewers fans stood by him through it all. And and fans still do. Mm-hmm. Ryan Braun is still beloved here forever. Mm-hmm. And he always will be because he chose to stay. He was a career brewer. Yeah. Christian Yelich is going to end up being loved here forever. I know that there have been you know complaints since his contract and, and, and things like that, not performing up to it. But he chose to stay. And and that's something that, that you don't see very often. Giannis, you know, if we're looking for a current mm-hmm. example, Giannis has chosen to stay, especially in a league where there is very little loyalty. I mean, there, yeah. there is some in baseball, not that much, uh, but there is practically no loyalty in the NBA uh, to anybody or anything. And Giannis has chosen to stay. And Giannis is going to be beloved forever mm-hmm. uh, in Milwaukee. And... Council broke that that loyalty and, and that trust, and that's that's where the hurt comes in. That that's where the betrayal comes in because all those other guys, Braun, Yelich, Yount, Giannis, they're not even from here. Like Braun, Braun, Yelich, and, and Yount are from California. Giannis is from freaking Greece, mm. and they came here and they said, "Hey, this is a place I want to stay." This feels like home to me. For Craig Council, this already was home, and he still chose to leave. Yeah, and you get like we're we're obviously not <clears throat> naive to the fact that sports are a business, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know players move all the time, and there's only so much loyalty ex- that exists. But by and large, that is something that exists way more with players than coaches in front office. Generally, you can you can count on, you know, managers and coaches and GMs and things like that more often, we'll just say, still not 100%, obviously, um, but more often to stick around for the long haul and see things out. And that's why I think there is more hope that someone like Craig Council, like, Corbin Burns, at some point, even if he sticks around for the next year, becomes a free agent, he's going to look to get paid, and he's going to deserve it. And that's going to happen with players all the time, even players who are with teams like the Yankees and 
Dodgers and stuff like that. Like if someone else is going to pay more, they're going to go get that contract. Great. Get it. But you see more often, I guess less often these days, um, managers that stick it out, coaches that stick it out, GMs that stick it out because they want to see it through to the end and, you know, see, take what they've built and get that championship out of it. And so again, like I think there was more hope that it would work out with council and it didn't. And, and again, like that goes back to the, there's now that now just rehashes all those feelings of the, small markets like no one ever is no one ever will stay with us everyone is always going to leave like no one is ever loyal type feelings when even even a guy like craig council does it to you because Mm -hmm. now yeah who the hell would stay if craig council won't stay who the hell will yeah like how, how can you expect anyone to stay if you can't even keep the the one guy who who was homegrown and and had the most reasons to stay, um, I, I mentioned this on on the Mike Heller show earlier in the week um, when I hopped on. This betrayal, like, like we're, I've been trying to find a comparison to this, and I, I don't think anything in in Wisconsin sports history does compare. But there is one moment in sports history that, that I think does compare to this, and that's when LeBron left Cleveland. For the first time, because LeBron was the homegrown kid in Ohio playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers and trying so hard to get them a a title because Cleveland hadn't won anything in forever and just wasn't able to get it done. And so he hits free agency. And instead of choosing to stay with his hometown, he leaves for for the Miami Heat for a new challenge, forms the big three Mm -hmm. and, and goes to win his titles. Over there, and Cleveland freaked out. They burned his jersey. I mean, they they were incredibly upset, and that's the only comparison I, I feel like that that works for for Craig Council here and, and what he's done. I mean, even the Miami Heat aren't a direct rival to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, so like it's just kind of that he left mm-hmm. for Cleveland. For for the Brewers, for Council, it's not just that he left. It's who he left to. Um, and it like like that's that's what stings the most. Um, and, and, you, and you just wonder where everything went wrong. Because mm-hmm. there, there had to be something, Matt. There there had to be something that went wrong here. Because I, I'm I'm racking my brain trying to trying to figure it out. Because look, even if even in, in your regular everyday job, if some other company comes in and offers you a nice big raise over what your company is currently paying you, um, and and they're like, hey, we, we want you over here. We're, we're going to pay you uh, a whole lot to get over here. If you like where you're at, if you like your coworkers, if you like your bosses, if you like your job and where you're at, at the very least, you're going to go to your boss and be like, hey, I got this offer. Can you match it? Mm-hmm. Craig Council didn't do that. Right. He, he, he just took the offer and was like, all right, see ya. So that tells me that there was something that, that the Brewers did or something in that relationship that went sideways 
that he wanted to leave. Because mm-hmm. this feels very much like he wanted to get out. He told Mark Atanasio in early September that he was thinking about managing next year and managing elsewhere. He told his boss he wanted to manage elsewhere next year. Well, in the middle of the pennant race, mm-hmm. he's thinking about managing for some other team next year. Which tells me, Matt, he, mentally he had one foot out the door. Mm-hmm. He had one foot out the door during that pennant race during that playoff run, if you could call it that. Um, (laughs) He had one foot out the door mentally while he put Jesse Winker on the goddamn playoff roster. And it just just makes you that much more angry at at some of those decisions down the stretch and and in that playoff series that it's like, did he just want this playoff season to end as soon as possible? So he could get on with, with trying to find his, his next job. Is, is that what it was? So, so he could just stop thinking about having to manage the team that he doesn't want to stick around for anymore. That That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. It certainly does make you think some, some, some Brian Windhorse uh, vibes here. Why would now, they, why, would, why you, would they do that? Why would he do that? Um, I, and yet, as council was getting close to making a decision, so many of the baseball insiders were saying that the most likely thing to happen was that he was going to return to the Brewers. The possibly the craziest thing about all of this is that no one knew about his talks with the Cubs because it, as, as it ended up turning out, he, when did when was it he ended up actually interviewing with the Cubs? I can't remember if it was over the weekend or right before it. But no one he was the Cubs were not on any insider's radar until they didn't even right have a job opening. Got it. Well, right. But I mean, people find out about everything. Insiders find out about everything. The fact that that was actually somehow kept quiet that he ended up having those conversations that the Cubs reached out is, is crazy to me that not a single person anywhere ended up picking up on it. So maybe, I don't know. I find it hard to believe, like I get that they weren't allowed to, that no one from the Cubs reached out to, Craig council like early or anything like that um, to say like, Hey, we, we might consider hiring you or it's not, I don't know that they, maybe that, maybe that's the conspiracy part of me that finding it hard to believe that, that the council and the council and the Cubs didn't engage at all until truly until after his contract was up on October 31st. I just find it so hard to believe which makes it, like I said, it was, I guess just makes it that much more unbelievable and insane to me that, like, that no one knew about it. Like, mm-hmm. how how did this fly under the radar? Yeah, that's that that's the crazy part, too. I mean, like, taking him out in the, in the city of Chicago, I mean, they didn't want anything to get out because they still had David Ross under mm-hmm. contract. They were publicly cool. saying, yeah, he's our guy. They, they're sticking with Ross. And, I mean, Craig Council... You know, all, you know, the big, you know, union rep kind of guy. And and he took a job that wasn't open. And 
typically managers don't do that. They they don't interview they don't interview for jobs that aren't open. It's like, look, if you want to move on from your current guy, fire him or something, but I'm not going to take his job while he still has it. Imagine walking into to your office, walking to your desk and seeing someone else sitting there and being like, "Oh, right. what are you doing here?" It's like, "Oh, I'm uh, I'm I'm taking over your job." By the way, the boss wants to see you. Like, what? I, I like that that just doesn't happen. So for for counsel to do that, I mean, it it feels so slimy for him to take a job that wasn't even open. I mean, when was the last time we even saw that uh, happen where, where a, a team hired a manager while they still had one under contract? You don't see that because managers don't do it. And it just adds another layer of, of the sliminess to it about, about meeting with a team that was your rival. They didn't even have an opening and, and going there and, and going through the whole thing anyway. It's, it, it's just a full on sliminess. It, it made me have to feel bad for David Ross. Yeah. I don't enjoy that feeling. No. I don't have to feel bad for someone who had to manage against us for years. And yet, I feel horrible for him that that ended up happening. And then they end up, you know, the owner ends up flying to his house and, you know, being like, Hey, just so you know, you don't have a job anymore. We, we gave it to someone else. So we cool. Like that sucks. And I, I read, I, I, I can't remember who wrote about it. Um, but they, uh, someone did a really good, interview with David Ross about kind of just all of his emotions afterwards and, you know, his feelings and plans and stuff like that. And man, (laughs) he, he was much more graceful about it than I would have been. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, Props to him for handling it as, as well as anyone really could. But um, yeah, I I feel horrible for the guy for just, I, I was, I was wondering whether he would have a job after this year, Anyway, because the Cubs had been kind of getting steadily worse over the years. Granted, you look at the roster that they'd been putting forth, especially yeah. like last year. But then they collapsed this year. Yeah, but the right, the collapse of this year to kind of end it all. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if they had let him go, but I kind of figured they would have done that before hiring the new guy. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I feel and, bad for him. And, and through this whole process, I mean, the Brewers seem to operate in good faith. Um, you know, maybe there's something that happened before um, where, you know, that, that caused council to go down this, this path. But over the last two months, the Brewers seem to really do everything right. After Craig council told them, Hey, I'm thinking, thinking of managing elsewhere. I mean, they did everything he was asking mm-hmm. for. They gave him space to, to think about things. They, they gave teams permission to interview them even before they had to, they're like, all right, fine. Hey, look, you want to look around? We'll give you permission to look. Mm-hmm. And it, it's all based on, on this expectation and, and trust that, you know, because he was one of you and because you guys have had such a strong working relationship, because from everyone that, that, that you've seen talk publicly, there was no seeming like riff or friction between council and management. Like yeah. everything seemed to be fine and normal between the two sides. So like, there's no reason to believe that, that there was a riff based on what you're seeing between them. But 
So, so the Brewers are, are letting him go out there, believing that they still have a chance. Like, he's going to come back, be like, look, these are the offers that I got. Can you match? And I guess I guess they were too trusting uh, of that. And and he, I mean, he took that good faith and and repaid it by spitting them by spitting in their face, mm-hmm. by going to the Cubs, by by not giving them a chance to match, and and telling everyone it was it was his dream job, it was his place to go. It was just okay. You've given me all the space, everything that I've been asking. Thank you for that. Double bird. Yeah. See you guys later. Screw you. I'm I'm out of here. That's that's what it is. Like it, it's like I, I put this um, comparison too in 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 my article uh, on reviewing the brew. It's like when a, when a romantic relationship is nearing its end, you you can tell one person is is getting close to leaving and the other wants to try to try to keep it together and they're doing everything they can to go. Oh, I need space. Oh, I need this. I, I need you to do that. And they're just like, yes, okay, wh- whatever it is, you need space, I'll give you some space. You need, you need, you want more flowers, I'll get you some flowers. Wh- whatever it is, mm-hmm. and men- like mentally, it's like they're already out the door. They're 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 just looking for for the right time to leave, and not- there's nothing that you're going to be able to do to change their mind. Um, and it's like, okay, look, you know, maybe they end up leaving, but if if they leave, hopefully they at least loved me enough. <laughs> and and we had enough, you know, decent things going to where you're not going to leave me for the one person I can't stand to see you with, whether it's your best friend or just somebody you you hate, just whoever it is you could not stand to see them with, they immediately go in and hook up with them right after leaving you. Like that's that's what it is. And you're just left just like what what could I have done differently? Like, like, honestly, Matt, what could the Brewers have done differently? I know that Mark Atanasio gets a lot of flack and a lot of complaints about not spending enough and, and not mm. spending more. I really don't know what the Brewers could do differently. I mean, the, their strategy with, with the front office seems quite sound. It's been quite successful over these past few years with, with making the playoffs five of the last six. They've got three division titles in the last six years. They've got an incredible farm system. They've been willing to punch above their weight and payroll. They're not punching, you know, super high, but I mean, they're they're the smallest market, and their payroll's about nineteenth ish, eighteenth, nineteenth around there. Yeah. I mean, they they punch quite a bit above thirtieth in in terms of payroll, based based on their market size and. And they put together good teams. I really don't know what else the Brewers could have done. I I don't know what it is they did wrong. Maybe there's something personally. There's something behind the scenes that we just don't know about. But I really don't see what what Atanasio or, or Matt Arnold or, or the Brewers really could have done differently. Is is it the is it the hater trade? Is <laughs> is that still still part of it? But even as time has gone on with the hater trade. It really hasn't been that bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Turning Asteri Ruiz into and, and William Contreras, and um, like I, I don't know what more they they could have done. I, I don't know what they did wrong. You know, there, there's probably something, but but publicly, from from what we can see from the outside, I don't see anything that they that they did wrong. 
Right. And and the hater trade, the guy who initiated that isn't even here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like if, if that somehow would have been something that, you know, he was still pissed off at, like, that was Stearns. He's gone. So the only two things I could think of that they could have done differently were either make a harder push last off season and have done it back then to not let it get to the point of, oh, we're not going to talk about it during the season. Or your initial offer to him would have had to have been over that $8 million to, to lock him up just... But the Brewers right. had no reason to to go that high initially. No, they absolutely didn't. No, because right. okay, so, so here's the th- here's the thing with the money. What the Brewers offered Craig Council was five and a half million per year, which would have reset the bar. It would it would have set a brand new bar for manager salaries. It, it would have been a, a record high in this market. It, it would have been the top salary. He would have been the top paid manager. The Brewers had no reason to go higher. No. until Craig Council went out and found the leverage from another team's offer. You know, right. if Cleveland offered him six or and the Mets offered him six and a half, it's like, OK, then you can come back and then maybe we'll increase our offer. But until you have another offer in hand, that's better. You're asking to reset the market. This this resets the market, mm-hmm. which it's a fine starting point for the Brewers. I don't fault Mark Atanasio for that. And no. when the Cubs go to eight million per year. Would the Brewers have matched? I don't know. We don't know because they were never given that opportunity. Right. And and that's that's the tough part. If they had given if if Craig Council had gotten that offer and immediately went to Mark Atanasio be like, look, I got an eight million dollar per year offer from the Cubs. Are you going to match that? Even if it even if he doesn't say it's from the Cubs, I got an eight million dollar per year offer. Are you willing to match that? Mm-hmm. Would Atanasio have? We don't know. Right. And and if he got that opportunity and Atanasio still said, no, I'm not going to match. Best of luck to you. Then this would be so much easier mm-hmm. for, for everyone to accept that council just went out and this was the highest offer he got and and the Brewers couldn't match. But he didn't give them that, that opportunity. And that's where all of this sting stems from not giving them the opportunity to, to even see if, if they would match and taking the Cubs uh, w- with, without giving them that, that chance. Right. And to be clear, I'm not saying they should have offered him $8 million or anything like that to start right. at all. Um, it, it, it would not have made sense. That, that's just like, because at that point, what – what were you supposed to offer him? He five to your point, five and a half million was already going to make him the highest paid manager ever. What, what what's the stopping? What's the realistic stopping point for what the Brewers should have offered him that would have potentially kept him? Who would have who would have thought that the Cubs would have offered him eight million a year? I'm willing to bet that Cleveland and New York didn't, no. uh, obviously because he's in Chicago yeah. now. Um, Even John Heyman, the the biggest New York cheerleader, was like, "Yeah, the Mets probably are not going to go to eight million for Council." Right. right. So, yeah. well, why would the Brewers go to eight million initially right. without even seeing whatever whatever other offers he was going to get? Right. For all they knew, the top offer elsewhere was going to be six million. They had no idea. 
and and they get blindsided by this completely. Matt Arnold was blindsided. Uh, Mark Atanasio blindsided by it. Like they had no idea that the Cubs were in on this and, and offering that kind of money. And 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 Craig Council then coming coming through with with his comments after the whole deal about. Oh well, you know it's it's the Midwest. You know I, I get to stay close to home, and my relationships with the community doesn't change. Like hell, it doesn't change, <laughs> Craig. You may not think that that your your opinion of Milwaukee may not have changed, but Milwaukee's opinion of you sure as hell has. Mm-hmm. You're dead to us, Craig Council. Mm-hmm. That's that's the prevailing seg- s- sentiment. You're dead to us. And I don't know if council should have known that mm-hmm. he's been here long enough. He should know that that's what the sentiment was going to be. If he didn't, he was incredibly naive. If he didn't think the rivalry was that real, then he wasn't really a part of this to begin with. Right. Yeah. There's no, uh, no hard feelings that, that doesn't, that doesn't really work. That does not apply here when, when you leave for the Cubs. No, no, not at all. And so now it's weird because obviously, like, things are going to change over the years. People's feelings about it will change over the years. But I, I've heard the question, I've been asked the question, you know, what is Craig Council's legacy now? As a brewer, and like I said, it's it's not fully written yet, but it 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 completely changes, and it's weird because mm-hmm. he both has led the Brewers through its golden era of a franchise. He has like mm-hmm. for the the most recent five years is the most successful five year stretch of this franchise's existence, and also is going to be branded by a good portion of Brewers Nation as a traitor. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I know, and I know that's a harsh word to use, but people are going to use it. So, yeah. like, it's, it's crazy that those two things are both a part of his legacy. Now, maybe the second part ends up, you know, chilling out after a while if, if things don't work with him and the Cubs, if they end up being bad, if – even if they end up being good, even if he wins a World Series at some point, at some point, way down the road, most Brewers fans are probably eventually going to look past it and be like, you know what? He was our guy. He led us through a very successful era. He's the winningest manager in Brewers history. Like all those things are true, and that's what we're going to focus on. But it is going to take a long time to get to that point, and not every Brewers fan will ever get to that point. There are still Brewers fans, going back to the Ryan Braun point that you had earlier, there's still Brewers fans who have not and will not ever forgive Ryan Braun for this steroids and everything that happened, You know what he did yeah. to the FedEx guy, all that stuff that happened at that point. We, we can be forgiving. But we can also hold grudges for a very long time. (laughs) We still boo Manny Machado every time that we Mm -hmm. see him. It's been six years. (laughs) Jesus Aguilar isn't even on the team anymore. He's been gone for, like, what, four years now? We still boo Machado. We still hate him because Mm -hmm. of what he did. And it's – 
like counsel this kind of like Machado wasn't even one of us. Mm-hmm. Okay, like he hurt one of us for a moment. Aguilar didn't even miss a game because of it. He just kicked him because he was being petty. And mm-hmm. we will boo Manny Machado for the rest of his entire career. Mm-hmm. And Council, now, I mean, you're going to see him 12 times a year, every single year, for at least the next five years. If he wins a World Series down there, it's going to take even longer for yep. Brewers Nation to forgive him. Because it's like, that was your goal here. That was your challenge here. And you didn't do it. You you couldn't accomplish it. You gave up. And you wanted to go someplace easier to get it accomplished in Chicago. And then you get it done for our rivals. The 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 team that we could least stand to see win a World Series, you go and help them do that. It, it's going to make the pain that much worse. And it's just going to continue year after year after year. And it, it just it, it's going to pile on. Time may heal all wounds, but this is going to take – I mean, this is a deep – deep wound i mean this cuts deep um it is right in the back and the knife has been twisted and it even if this does heal it's going to be a massive massive scar Mm -hmm. um on on the legacy with with craig council and you know this may just be a, a defense mechanism but this golden era of brewers baseball um under under craig council has been a pretty freaking weak golden era. <laughs> I mean, yeah. One playoff series win. We've, we've won one NLDS, mm-hmm. and that's been it. One and nine in our in the Brewers' last ten playoff games. One and nine. Mm-hmm. Four straight first-round exits. Of five postseason appearances, four first-round exits. That's our golden era? That's pathetic. I'm sorry, but but that that's a pathetic golden era compared to what we've known as Brewers fans, where there were only four previous postseason appearances. It's what we got. Mm-hmm. It, it is it is the closest thing we have resembling a golden era of Brewers baseball, where they where they were competitive and making the playoffs five out of six years, and they didn't do anything once they got there. They came close in 2018, but they fell short in the NLCS. And they weren't able to get anywhere close ever since. One win since then. It's it's a very weak golden era. And I I hope to God that there can be an actual legitimate golden era of Brewers baseball still ahead. Where they actually win something. Where they actually win a World Series. But but uh, we're, we're not there. Mm-hmm. And the, the one man who was believed to be the, the guy that would lead this team there, the one man who would want it the most mm-hmm. of anyone who could lead this team, he gave up and left. And he left for the rival. And now, how close are the Brewers really to, to a World Series? we gotta, we got to get to this, too. Ken Rosenthal reporting that virtually anyone – on the Brewers roster, is available for trade. Corbin Burns could get shipped out. Willie Damas could get shipped out. Freddie Peralta somehow on the trade block, potentially. Um, like, they could tear it down, send off all the veterans, go with a youth movement, and take a step back from competing in 2024. I mean, what? 
like, like, like you lose counsel. Now it's just giving up on, on 2024 and beyond. I mean, th- th- this will be such a stark change of direction mm-hmm. for the Brewers. Mark Atanasio has said he does not want to take a step back um, and, and go through rebuilding cycles. They want to stay continuously competitive, but now maybe that's changing. Yeah, I, that's I, that was surprising to me to end up hearing because of exactly what you just said, that Brewers have never given any indication, even in years when maybe it feels like they should have uh, traded some of the, you know, the guy, certain guys on their team or the, they're in a prime position to get a lot of assets back for, you know, the Brewers ended up sticking with them and, you know, continuing to try to win we hear it year after year that like a, a few guys might be up for trade because it makes a lot of sense and then they don't end up going. So to hear that everyone like is off limits or pretend not off limits right now, the way that it's worded in that report just is surprising as a philosophy. It's not surprising because the brewers have always, you know, listened on everyone, but also checked in on everyone. It's kind of just how the front office has operated. They leave no stone unturned. They've been Mm -hmm. in on guys who you didn't expect the Brewers to be in on, but that means that you have to potentially have guys available from your roster as well. Um, So as as a general philosophy, sure. But yeah, to to hear a name like Freddie Peralta, who if you're looking to potentially make moves to improve a team, but still keep a solid core of your roster. Freddie Peralta is, is exactly the type of guy who he's affordable. Like we've talked before about that, the how the Brewers got him to just a perfect contract for them um, to make him, you know, a guy as good as he is affordable for a team like the Brewers. So to hear that he might be tradable is just surprising because that keeping a guy around like that is how you could continue to build a team and be com- competitive. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, it, that ju- that just goes uh-huh. away from everything that Mark Adonazio has preached, that Stearns before and Arnold now has preached. Um, I just, I don't know why. And then especially with you, you look at the, the Brewers and having this wave of new players, you know, coming in, you, 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 you've got your Garrett Mitchell, your self Relic, your Weimer, your um, Terang. Uh, Bryce Terang. You've got Churio coming up, Mizorowski, uh, Gasser, guys like that. Like you've got this whole wave coming up, and that's not a time to throw in the towel and just be like, we're going to rebuild. Like your your next wave is here, so you should be building around them. Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It goes against the the general philosophy of the organization. I just I I have a hard time believing it. I get it was Rosenthal who had the report, and Rosenthal is right more often than he's wrong. But I just I just don't see it. Maybe maybe that's me just being blissfully ignorant, and I guess then I'll be ignorant. But I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I think I don't think it makes much sense either. You know, the the talk about Burns and Adamas was really kind of expected this off season. Right. Once Brandon Woodruff went down with an injury, it was kind of expected that Burns was going to stay because 
pitching depth is something that they need um, and trading away a healthy, reliable, very good starting pitcher doesn't seem like a smart move to make when you need starting pitching. Um, everyone's looking for starting pitching. Starting pitching is going to be uber expensive mm-hmm. uh, th- this offseason. Everyone's looking for at least one, generally two starting pitchers. And the Brewers are no different. They need probably two starting pitchers uh, on, the, on the free agent market uh, or trade market. And, yes, you could get a bunch for Burns. Yes, you could get even more for Freddie Peralta because he is so affordable and under long-term control. But how much does that really help you win? You know, that's kind of in my position the whole time. Are you better off? Do you have a better chance of winning with Corbin Burns or without him? You know, even if you trade for for some, you know, good players, you're probably better off having him um, on your team than not, than not having him. And especially now when you're when you're aggressively seeking pitching depth, um, if you trade out Burns, you're going to have to replace him somehow. And that just means you're going to have to pay through the nose for somebody else. Right. Uh, depending on who you get back for him, hypothetically, um, you're, you're still going to need to get somebody. And, and whoever you do get back for him likely is not going to be anywhere near as good as Burns. Straight I know everyone's mad at him because he had a bad postseason start, but you're not going to be able to find much of anything better out there. Mm-hmm. Right. That's. Yeah. Starting pitching over the years has consistently gotten more and more and more expensive and when you look at like you said the market this year in particular that's only going to escalate uh exponentially to be honest so it makes more sense to uh, i at the same time yes I, i get wanting to get assets back for a guy while you still can because that helps you build towards the future too but just a wholesale change if you truly want to be competitive then yeah trading away all of your best guys when you're already suffering from a lack of depth at not not just that position starting pitcher first base third base um basically everything but outfield (laughs) and catcher maybe well actually that's not even true because really you only have one true catcher currently um yeah, to continue just selling everyone off the roster, just I, I, we're not the Oakland A's here. I mean, no. come on, we're the Milwaukee Brewers. And say what you will about Adonazio, he wants the team to be good. Whether he's going to pour the money into it, he wants the team to be good. And Matt Arnold isn't doing his job if he's not trying to make the team good. So... I don't know. We'll see. But I just I don't I don't buy a fire sale happening. Yeah, I I don't I don't buy a rebuild either, because I mean, if the Brewers do, you know, try to start trading some of those guys off that like they're going to have to publicly come out and like make a statement about the direction of the team, Mm -hmm. because they have stated time and again that they're not going to be taking step backs. They're going to be staying continuously competitive. Um, and like when they traded Josh Hader, they put out a statement about like what this means for our future and and why they did it and and what their plan is Mm -hmm. because they knew like, this looks like you're selling, you're a first place team that just traded away its closer Mm -hmm. for, for whatever reason. Um, like, like, like what are the optics here? So if you're going to go out there and and you're, you're going to try to say that we're looking to be competitive here in the near future, you know, and, and in the present, 
trading away Freddie Peralta isn't going to help that. Um, no matter who you get back, which is likely going to include prospects, it's like, what do you mean you're trying to win now? You just traded away Freddie. You just traded away Corbin. Then that's not helping you win now. So they're going to have to come out and acknowledge that if that's indeed the direction that they want to go. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a fire, fire sale either. Maybe they trade one of Burns or Adamas, maybe Adamas. Um, I, I could see them moving on from him. Uh, it's a very weak position player market. Um, there, there's really kind of no shortstops out there. You have a great defensive shortstop in Bryce Terang that you could just slide on over and bank on his offense improves, improving in his second year. Because uh, Willie Adamas would also fetch a premium. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he really would. You, you put him out there on the market. Um, for the, the types of, of players that are currently out there, he would get you a bunch. And maybe he would get you the pitching that you need. Yeah. You know, whatever you trade him for, you could get a starting pitcher plus a little bit more for Willie Adamas. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the direction they go to to get the pitching that they need. That that's that's what I do. But yeah, well, it's going to be a very uh, interesting offseason. I, I hate using that word, just saying, oh, it's going to be interesting. But I mean, there, there's so many different directions that that it could go, um, and I've got no idea what what they're going to end up doing. Um, it's, you know, right now they're, they're just going to be right now. I think the Brewers are just reeling from, from yeah. Craig council's decision, um, and, and trying to find a way forward. I don't think they know which way they're going to go yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the, I mean, the first thing on their to-do list is, is finding a new manager. Uh, while we have a few minutes, uh, left here, Matt, I, I want to kind of run through, um, some names uh, that, that have been out there. So some of the internal candidates that have been mentioned, uh, Pat Murphy, obviously, uh, has been mentioned as a candidate. Um, Matt Erickson is one that, that's kind of thought of uh, within the Brewers coaching staff that, that could be a guy. Walker McKinvin is a dark horse uh, named by Robert Murray that, that could be in there. He's thought of highly within the organization. Pitching, catching, and strategy coach. He, he's kind of an analytics guy. Mm. Um, he's someone that, that could be there. I don't think Rick Sweet is going to be really too much in consideration. I think he's comfort, comfortable down in AAA. Um, you know, th- those are some of the internal guys. Maybe Quentin Berry. Eh, maybe. I don't know. Um, externally, uh, they reportedly like Don Mattingly. Uh, who is the manager for the Dodgers and the Marlins. Um, Clayton McCullough has been mentioned, first base coach for the Dodgers. Uh, Joe Espada, bench coach for the Astros. And uh, let's see, who else was in there? Uh, Troy Snitker, uh, hitting coach, co-hitting coach of the Astros. Uh, he was also mentioned as a candidate. Ricky Weeks. No, that was another mm, internal yep. candidate. Ricky Weeks just got a promotion in the front office. He's a special assistant. Um those are some of the names floating out there. Matt, who really sticks out to you as as a managerial candidate that, that you'd like to see? Um, I mean, I'm happy they're looking at Pat Murphy. I think um, if, if you're looking for the best continuity with the team, the players love Murph. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think he would do well there. We've seen him fill in for council in some of the games he's had to miss um, <laughs> voluntarily or involuntarily. Um, so I, I think that's a great first look. Um, the, I, 
I, there are some really solid managers down in the minor leagues, but again, like that's, you know, does a guy like Sweet or Ayrault or Guerrero, you know, want, even want to coach in the minor? Like people always think that, but like, do they want to coach in the majors? I don't know. Um, I'd be good with any of that trio. Um, I'm a big Will Venable guy if we're looking mm-hmm. externally. Um, I, I think if you are looking externally, a lot of the guys that, you know, you and I kind of keep an eye on and that are out there are from teams like the Astros, like the Dodgers, like the Rangers. Getting someone with that pedigree is not a bad idea. You know, someone who's been on a proven winner and knows what it takes to kind of, you know, rally the troops and um, win those types of games that the Brewers haven't won in those in the last five to six years, you know, like you were speaking about earlier. Um, so some of those guys I, I like the thought of, and Ricky Weeks sure is a, it, it's a fun thought. I'm not going to lie. I know he's new to, you know, a lot of this stuff. Um, but Hey, that if we're talking fun factor, that'd be <laughs> a fun factor right there. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know about weeks, man. I mean, I mean, same, but we weeks never really felt like a future manager to me. Council always seemed like a future manager. Um, Weeks, I never really got that that same kind of vibe with him. Um, So, I mean, it'd be fun, yes, in in one sense. But in the other sense, I I think it'd be terrifying. Um, There are a couple of other guys. I really kind of like Clayton McCullough. Um, He's gotten really um, a lot of recognition for his work with young players. Um, that that's kind of like his specialty and, and something that he's kind of known around the league for. And given the Brewers youth movement that they're going through here with the guys that came up this past year and the guys coming up next year, I feel like McCullough might be the right guy to, to lead them and get the most out of those, out of those young players. If that's what he's really known for. Um, a couple other guys I like, I didn't mention earlier, Jeff Bannister, Rangers bench coach, um, or no Diamondbacks bench coach. Um, he, he was a former Rangers manager, uh, so he's got some experience, and and he helped lead that team uh, to the World Series down there in Arizona. So he's got experience with success in October, which is mm-hmm. something that uh, Craig Council didn't really uh, have that much of. Um, Mark DeRosa, uh, I feel like yeah, his name yes. that, that, that's been out there. Um, he hasn't been connected to the Brewers, but he's been getting interviews for managers in, in recent years. He was the manager for Team USA in the World Baseball Classic this year. Uh, he's a smart, cerebral player uh, that, that's now a coach. Venable, yeah, I, I kind of like him too. So there's a lot of different directions I feel like they could go. Um, and and according to Matt Arnold, they have a long list of candidates he would not specify anybody um outside of really pat murphy uh getting getting consideration but but they have a long list of people they're looking at and yeah i I think mccullough would be good um if you're getting a first-time manager i like bannister i like manningly um i think those would be good directions as well i'm i'm intrigued by mark derosa so we'll we'll see which route they end up going but it's uh it's not going to be Craig Council. Right. And that's that's the part that, that really stings. 
um, as as everyone just kind of tries to navigate uh, this new landscape, this, this earth shattering move uh, that Craig Council uh, did. And it's never going to be the same, Matt. Mm-hmm. It's it's nope. never going to be the same. It, it's never going to be like it was back on on Sunday, on Sunday night before all this news broke. We're, we're never going back. Nope. We are officially in a new era. I mean, we've, we've got a second year GM and we're about to have a first year manager. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a new era for the brewers and we'll see who that new era ends up going forward with, especially uh, at term in terms of manager. Um, but there's a lot that could change. It's, I did not think there would be that like this big a potential difference from the end of last season to the beginning of next season. And it's possible there will be, it's possible. It'll just be the manager and most of the roster will be the same. I don't know. Um, But Mm -hmm. we could be looking at a very, very new Brewers team come uh, my birthday, actually when Brewers uh, pitchers and catchers report. Wow. Yeah, it certainly could. And uh, Craig Council is going to make his return to Milwaukee, to to American Family Field on Memorial Day uh, next year. So it's going to be a holiday. It's going to be an afternoon game. Uh, it's going to be a full house. And there's it's going to be loud. I'll I'll tell you that much for sure. It is it is going to be loud um, in there. So yeah, uh, you know I think that. Just to kind of wrap this this whole thing up, um, Mark Atanasio, I feel like, you know, th- this may sound petty to some, but he probably, I mean, he's not wrong here either. You know, w- when he's looking at this, it's like, yeah, we lost Craig, but after thinking about it, Craig lost us, mm. and, and he's lost our community. And, and that's absolutely true, because it, it's never going back to the way it was before with, with Craig in this community. Um, I think there had to be something that went on between council and the brewers that led to this. Um, maybe Antonio is not aware of it. Maybe Arnold's not aware of it. Maybe they don't know what exactly it is, what they did. Um, but there had to be something that led to this. And I think they need to dig a little deeper and, and looking in the mirror and, and trying to figure out what it is that went wrong here. Because everything from the outside says Council should not have left. Mm-hmm. And he should not have left for the Cubs. But he did. Um, and when something like that happens, I think the smart move is to look inward and, and realize, where did we go wrong? Because mm-hmm. from the outside, I have no idea where, where the Brewers went wrong. But something had to have gone wrong in this whole relationship for this to be the outcome. Yeah, there, but the thing about sports, baseball, et cetera, is that you can, you can do some of that introspection, but you got also have to keep moving forward. The brewers have yeah. to continue that search for manager. They have to keep looking at the roster. You've only got so much time to get all of that done before the next season comes so yep do your soul searching but also 
keep at it. Um, because we've got another season to play in 2024. Yeah. So, uh, we'll have everything covered with, with, um, the managerial search and, and trade rumors and everything like that at reviewing the brew, uh, com. Also be sure to follow both of us on Twitter at, I am at the Gasper 24. Matt is at MKE Matt 13. Um, and we will, uh, keep you posted and, and cont- continue to provide content covering the Milwaukee Brewers here throughout the off season. Um, so, Thank you for listening to this uh, therapy session known as uh, a podcast. Um, And we will see you next week, hopefully with uh, some better, more positive news uh, to talk about. Thank you for listening. This has been the Cold Brew Podcast.